This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, maybe some good news time. What's good news time? Does it exist time? Maybe it does time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Thursday night here in Knoxville. Seems like it's... Seasonably appropriate weather, about 45 degrees Fahrenheit as we're recording this right around 6 p.m. Eastern. Not just me on this podcast. We're going to go across town to uh, to who we got. We got Ryan Callahan. I almost forgot. I really did almost just forget. I was like, which one of the coworkers do I have on this podcast with me? And it is Ryan Callahan. So, Ryan, first off, man, what's up? Man, I'm, I'm that good that you just blanked on no. who I was, what my name was. Well, because we've got we've got the the group text going. And yeah. I'm looking at the group text and I'm trying to control the volume here and you know, I can't multitask for anything. Ask my wife, she knows that better than anyone. I'm just not good at that. But bottom line is, Ryan, uh this it has been a week of Tennessee athletics not having good news. There has been a lot of bad news. There has been a change, uh, football coach gone, which even if you uh, wanted Jeremy Pruitt gone, uh, you still probably didn't want it to be under these circumstances because Tennessee uh, is in some some serious uh, deep trouble with an investigation that's been going on to the program. So we'll have more on that in a little bit. Philip Fulmer, obviously, as the athletic director, stepping down. Uh, then basketball, which has been the cathartic watching experience through all this, takes one on the chin stunningly uh, in Gainesville on Tuesday night. So just just not been a great week for the Vols. But some good news on Thursday. Tennessee has an athletic director, 42-year-old Danny White from UCF, who was one of the – you know, if you weren't going to go get a, a sitting Power 5 AD – this guy's the next best thing, uh, according to a lot of people. This is a guy who has really rejuvenated. Uh, I don't want to say rejuvenated because it wasn't much before, but really kind of exploded that UCF program and has done a lot of good things down there. A guy who was making more than Florida's AD, more than Florida State's AD, more than Miami's AD, and a guy who really enjoyed being down there and building what he was building in Orlando. Uh, but Tennessee went down there, made the good old uh, godfather offer he couldn't refuse, and Tennessee's got a new AD, Danny White. So, Ryan, I, I think we'll have to see some particulars on some things, but uh, it, it seems like pretty good news for Tennessee, honestly. I think very good news for Tennessee. Uh, everything we've heard about him so far certainly makes this sound like, you know, you, you hate to just automatically call it this because AD hires can can go different ways and, and, and it's not all about the name, but it, it seems like a home run hire really under the circumstances. Uh, obviously, the perception of this job might not be 
what it what it would be under normal circumstances. So you wondered if Tennessee would be able to go out and get a really proven, uh, well-regarded athletic director like this. And and this is a guy that was not too long ago ranked the number four athletic director in the country by stadium. So that, that tells you what some other media think about him. Obviously, uh, this has been well received by media across the country, uh, national reporters and things like that. So. Uh, and, and people at Central Florida, that, that, that speaks to, to how good of a hire this is as much as anything to me, what people at Central Florida are saying. And it sounds like UCF fans are not happy about losing him and that people that cover Central Florida say this guy did a really good job there and was maybe the secret to, to their success in multiple sports, not just football, but obviously football being the most prominent. Uh, it's a guy with a track record of making good hires at, at two different schools now, at, Buff, at Buffalo and UCF. So a lot to like about it, and, and as you said, they it looks like Tennessee has thrown out some some pretty big money to to, to get a guy like this. He's got a two and a half million dollar buyout at UCF, so they weren't messing around. They wanted to get somebody really good, and it sounds like they kind of zeroed in on Danny White pretty quickly in this search and, and got their guy. Yeah, it's pretty interesting to me to see Tennessee go about a search um, sort of with this much surgical precision. Really, I, I mean, mm-hmm. t- t- this, this has not been Tennessee's mo. Tennessee has had some long, convoluted, uh, crazy searches that have been dragged out through the public and just not been pretty uh, to experience. And yet this is one where Tennessee delivered the really bad news on Monday. And then I heard originally, and I think this may may have been some people thought the original timeline because I talked to people who, who normally know these kinds of things and said they thought if everything went well and they got one of the top candidates, it would be you know by the end of next week is when they would have a hire made. And then you had all the bad news uh, that came out Wednesday with all the players entering the transfer portal. I should have mentioned that earlier with the bad news dump from this week. Uh, and and I, I don't know that that definitely changed the timeline, but I think that added even more to the sense of urgency of just how quickly Tennessee needed to move here. It needed to, to get it right because that's more important than, than doing it quickly. But But you had to move with some sort of speed on this. And this was surgical precision. This was, boom, here's the guy. A couple days later, here you go, press conference Friday, let's roll. And that's what Tennessee had to do because if you were going to hire the AD before the football coach, you had to move pretty quickly. And so this is a guy, in case some of y'all don't know much about Danny White, but if you realize that name or recognize that name, that's because it's one of the sort of the first family of college administrators and just a, a, a line of these, of these coming through on the White Assembly line. His dad has been the athletic director at three big, powerful schools, including Duke and Notre Dame. Uh, his brother, Mike, is the Florida basketball coach, uh, the guy who Tennessee almost hired a few years ago uh, and a guy who's you know a well-regarded young coach in the game. Uh, his brother, his, his other brother, is uh, an athletic director at Florida Atlantic, also down there in Florida. Uh, his his younger sister is a assistant athletic director at SMU. So this guy comes from a family of sports people, a lot of sports administrators, and he, he, just a guy who's sort of been groomed for something like this. And, and it's a it's a big opportunity for him. It's a big risk, but I think it's one that if you look at the, some of these numbers we're looking at that he's getting salary-wise, I mean, he was already making more than the athletic directors at Florida, FSU, and Miami, and now he might be making you know upwards of $1.8 million or so per year, which is just a huge number for an AD. But when you're in the situation Tennessee's in, Ryan, you're backed into a corner, you know, you're cut, you're bleeding, you're bruised up. Uh, you got a lot of people using you as a punching bag again. If you want to come out there and change the narrative and make a statement, this is how you start doing that. 
Yeah, and we do have some details on that uh, based on the uh, release from uh, from Tennessee. Actually, not not long before we uh, started recording this, uh, Tennessee will be paying Danny White an annual salary of one point eight million dollars with an annual increase of five percent, and he's eligible to receive up to three hundred thousand dollars annually based on team performance, team academic performance, departmental operation goals, uh, and obviously he's he's focused on hiring a football coach right now. But that's that's a pretty lucrative deal for an athletic director. Tennessee was just paying Philip Fulmer about a million dollars a year. What nine hundred thousand? I think was his salary. Yeah, he was making two. Uh, he was making two hundred thousand less than Danny White was making at UCF. Yeah, so that, they've not only stepped it up, they've they basically doubled what they're paying him, and a chance to, for it to be more than that. So this is big money for an athletic director. Obviously, for a football coach, that wouldn't be a lot, but for an AD, this is big time money. Uh, and, and so that this is a chance for him to. So, sort of rebuild uh you know he, he had things rolling pretty well uh at least for you know by ucf standards uh down there and i think there was maybe you, you wonder if this is maybe part of it you know that uh, he had had some other schools come along apparently maybe not a, a of uh of tennessee's historic caliber but but at the same time some other big programs have, have come after him before and he's apparently not not taken those jobs you wonder if you know maybe he's just felt that he's accomplished about all he could accomplish football wise, certainly at UCF where, you know, in 2017, they're claiming a national championship and all that stuff. Uh, that's yeah, obviously it's, not, it's hard to break through that glass ceiling there. Yeah. And, and, and the program has, has continued to be good since then, but, but not quite at the same level the last couple of years uh, under Josh Heupel, they're still, still a very good football program, but, you know, just not competing for uh, a spot in the playoff or anything like that. So you wonder if, uh, you know, just maybe the right time for a, for a new challenge and, uh, and, and obviously a chance to really put his stamp on a, on a program that's in a lot of ways needing a real complete reset really a, a, on the football side of things. So uh, if he can, if he can help turn around uh, Tennessee's football program, there's obviously a chance for him to be sort of a, sort of a hero here at Tennessee and, and, and really make his, make his mark at a, at a major sec program and, and obviously make a lot of money in the process. And, and you know, the, the, there's a challenge right now to Tennessee. It is a very high risk, but very, very high reward situation. And uh, if I can get the words out of my mouth correctly, man, it's been a long week. If, if you look at sort of the upside, the upshot to what you can do, if you have success at Tennessee, and if you are seen as the person who turned the thing around, I mean, that, that, that puts you in a pretty elite class there nationally in terms of, you know, doing what you do and doing it at a high level. That's a big deal uh, to, to be Tennessee's athletic director. But Tennessee's at a bad spot right now, so you wonder if that had to make them sweeten the pot a little bit more. But if you have the right ego for this job, and by that I mean, you know, a legitimate self-confidence and an optimistic nature but not naive, and, and if you're egotistical but not – you know, super egotistical. If you are the right kind of person with the right kind of positive energy, that's exactly what Tennessee needs right now. Tennessee has been beaten down, pushed around, and the basketball team's done some good things. You know, the men's basketball team, Rick Barnes, those guys that they've they've uh, put some good life back into the place. But you know, right now it's just it's it's been a tough time. It, it just has been. Football has been down for a while. Women's basketball has been down for a while. And those are you know in each of their respective sports, you know, two of the best programs that have done it. So it, you've got a huge fan base here. You got a passionate fan base here. You've got resources that you can marshal here. You've got you've got force to bear to bring to this thing, but you have to, you have to succeed where others have failed recently. But if you do this right, I mean, it's, it's, this is still a place where you can have success. And I think, you know, even though you had to pay Danny White a lot to come up here, 
a guy like that coming to Tennessee in a place where it is right now, I think shows you again, just sort of people still see potential in this place. Absolutely. And there, there's no reason not to, I mean, Tennessee's got great resources, great facilities. You got, you got a natural talent base uh, around Tennessee and surrounding States. And, and, and obviously it's improved in state in recent years. There, there's a lot of reasons uh, and obviously some historic programs in football, women's basketball and, and programs that have had success in, 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 in certainly in recent years in men's basketball and in baseball at times. So that, that there's a lot to work with here. Clearly there, there's a reason a guy like Danny white would want this job beyond just the money. So uh, I, I don't think you have to worry about that. Even on, even in the current situation, uh, it's an attractive job, and, th- and this reinforces that. So uh, I I've got to say you you got to give credit to a group that was probably getting panned a little bit on Monday uh, during that press conference, where there were some things that were probably not presented perfectly. I felt like during that press conference announcing the firing of Jeremy Pruitt and and, and Philip Fulmer stepping down. But I, I think Chancellor Donde Plowman and, and President Randy Boyd deserve a good bit of credit here for the way they've handled this so far, as you said, kind of operating with some precision, uh, moving quickly to get their guy. They used a search firm. And I think the search firm probably helped them identify Danny white in this case is, uh, well, it sounds like maybe, maybe kind of their top target or top yeah, choice. And for- I know, I know this cause I can butt in here just super quick, Ryan Parker yeah. is really good at, and I, I've talked to people in the business about this. The, the the main reason that you use a search firm and people might say this is crazy, but logistics are the main reason that you, that yeah. you do that because everybody on all sides is busy. You got to coordinate things. You got to coordinate interviews, you know, cause, cause if you don't, I mean, they help you with vetting a little bit, but you should really know who you're hiring anyway. So, so you got to do a lot of that on your own end. What the, what those executive kind of search firms do is they help you navigate searches and they help bring you to kind of good locations to airport lounges and hotel rooms and things where, you know, I think with, with white, they went actually went down to Orlando, but that's a big enough airport where you can get away with some stuff. Um, but they try to take you places, especially during football searches where you don't, you can't really tell exactly who they're talking to. That's what they're trying to do. And, and so I, I just wanted to butt in with that. Cause I know that's what Parker's really known for. Yeah. And in this case though, I, I think, you know, plowman, not, you know, she, she obviously, I mean, when you have it, when you're hiring an athletic director, it can be tricky because yeah. not, not everybody on the academic side knows a lot about the backgrounds of people on, you know, in, in the athletic director world. So I think in, the, in this case, it sounds like the search firm at least helped to identify some possible candidates. And it sounds yeah. like it was kind of a universally uh, approved hire or, or, or that Danny White was one of the top choices from, from everybody they spoke with. And, and they, there's, there's a lot, uh, a lot that went into that, obviously based on his resume. Uh, I, you got to like that. They, first of all, just targeted a guy with a history of making good coaching hires. Let's face it. That's the most yes, important thing yes, yes, an yes. athletic director can do. Uh, you can talk about fundraising or anything else. All you want building a winning culture within uh, an athletic department, all that stuff matters. But at the end of the day, if you make bad coaching hires, you're not going to be a very successful athletic director. So I, I like that they went after someone, who, who really has a kind of a, he's not batting a thousand maybe, but it's really close to it. If not in, uh, in the, the major, he's in, made. in the high profile sports, I think he is basically batting a thousand, you know, yeah. I mean, we'll see on high pool in the long term, but you know, so far I don't think he's had any big misses. And, and, and yeah, and Johnny Dawkins at UCF in basketball, not uh, maybe not putting, putting UCF just uh, up there with the, the elite of college basketball, sure, but sure. has had a good year already uh, under his belt and a pretty good overall record there. So yeah, there's, there's a lot he's done well in hiring coaches. So I think you got to give Tennessee a lot of credit for 
knowing what it wanted, uh, being serious about it, sending a message, I think, with this hire. Uh, and now that this is the step, this next one is where Tennessee's obviously messed it up uh, a few times recently. Can they, w- will they actually give the keys to Danny White to make a hire in football? You know, we'll, we'll talk more about that in a minute, but I, I think that getting this hire right gives you confidence that they'll get the next step right, which is obviously the one everyone's going to be focused on. But this, this is such a big deal that I, I like overspending on this in a way, if, if this is overspending to get an athletic director that you like and you trust this this sets the tone for everything. Um, well, I, 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 I tell you who loves it is athletic directors across the country. Cause this yeah. is one of those moments where you see a huge jump in salary and a lot of people around the country are being like, yeah, when's my new deal coming up? Yep. And, and this is, uh, and to me, this is a deal where, uh, you know, you, you, you feel like you're getting a guy that, that, uh, ha- has a good track record. So it's going to help all sports, but obviously the success he's had in football and men's basketball, it's got to, it, it, I, I would imagine it's going to be a well-received hire but by people like Rick Barnes. We're not aware right now of any serious baggage in his history where he's had, you know, Title IX issues or anything like that at previous stops. There's nothing. There's nothing in his uh, on his resume that suggests uh, any anyone's not going to like this hire within Tennessee's athletic department. So overall, I, I think you've got to be really happy if you're a Tennessee fan. And, and after a tough week, as you said, on so many fronts this at least gives you some confidence in, in Tennessee's leadership, having a, having a vision and having a, a real desire to fix this mess uh, and to, and to get out of this NCAA mess that they're going to be in in football. And this is at least a really nice step in the, in the right direction, I think, as far as setting the tone from, from the top down that, Hey, we're, we're here to win and, and take things seriously. You know, I, I say, I want to say this before we go to break, Ryan, Danny White's a guy who's got connections, right. And not just through him, through his entire family. And I have to think that he got some kind of assurances from Tennessee that, listen, we're going to pay you a lot of money, but here's what we think might happen with this deal. We think we've talked to some people back channel at the NCAA. We think we're going to be able to not get totally hammered by this because we fired everybody already. I mean, I, I just think if, I, if I'm Danny White and I think there's a possibility of Tennessee just getting basically the equivalent of the death penalty or something like that in football, I, I, don't, I don't know that he would take the job. You know, is that, does that sound crazy? Yeah. No, I, I think that's that's fair. I, I think they have a decent uh, understanding. I think the law firm they worked with probably gave them, uh, you know, those guys are really good at what they do, the firm in Kansas City. Uh, I, I think that group has probably given them an idea of what to expect penalty-wise, and, and they probably have at least a, a reasonable grasp of what, what kind of things are, are coming down the pike. And, and, and maybe that involves a, you know, we'll, we'll, only time will tell, but maybe that involves a one-year postseason ban and some scholarship losses or, you know, maybe, maybe less, maybe more. You know, there's some flexibility there, but I, I don't think anyone's expecting, like you said, the death penalty or anything like that uh, for, for Tennessee's football program. So I, I think there's some optimism that not only they'll be okay, but that Tennessee can still maybe make a good hire with this football search uh, despite the circumstances. And, and obviously it, I think an AD like this improves the possibilities, frankly, you know, if Tennessee, so many people I think look to the, the UT family, you know, alums, people who've been here before, when this, when the athletic director position comes open, that's what they did with John Curry, obviously sure. with Philip Fulmer, uh, Mike Hamilton was a, was an internal promotion. Uh, Dave Hart was a kind of a rare outside the family move, but even there was some, you know, some ties there. Uh, but th- this is a rare outside the family hire. But I, I think this is one that gives people uh, gives people confidence in the in the direction. But but you you had some some good internal options. And I think Tennessee explored at least one of them with John Gilbert. I'm not sure they looked very hard at Mark Ingram, it sounds like, at UAB. 
Uh, but John Gilbert at, at East Carolina was, I think, involved in this search. Yes. Not, not sure exactly what happened and, and what, to what degree he was involved. But I think he was maybe involved. But it sounds like they, they really set their sights on, on Danny White pretty early in this search, whether he was the top target all along or not. And uh, you, you got you to gotta like that, you know, that, that, that this, this administration wants to make kind of a national search instead of just taking what is readily available within the UT family. I think you got to like that and the willingness to, to step outside and, and, and get what you think is the best guy on the market or the best guy who's the, who's the right fit. And just because you – I mean, sometimes if you look at what some of the internal – hires have done i don't think that's the worst idea in the world i'm just being honest yeah. with you i think some some fresh blood uh could be a good thing uh, but now what people mm-hmm. are going to want to talk about is what does this mean for tennessee's football search obviously danny white is already on the search for that and now since he's not going to do a press conference until friday that makes me think that i know what he's spending a good portion of a thursday night doing uh, i know what he's what he's spent a portion of his thursday afternoon doing he's already looking for a tennessee football coach so we're going to talk uh, step away for just one second pay some bills listen to products services in-house ads other things and we'll come back and talk about what this means for tennessee football Hashtag ad. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. During that commercial break, Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Thursday night. Ryan Callahan coming to you from his clown car full of children abode across town. Now uh, everybody that we work with, except for me now, has multiple children running around the house. So it's a, it's a crazy time. These are crazy days at Go Vols 24-7. Uh, but we got a lot to talk about here in this segment. We've been talking Tennessee football, talking about the addition of Danny White as athletic director at Tennessee, what that means. Uh, and we're going to get back to that in just one second. Before we do that, though, going to do a quick reminder again. Please take a minute out of your day right now and go in and subscribe to this podcast. Please rate and review this podcast, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. And it really helps us out uh, with hitting more people. I can see these numbers every week, every month. They're awesome. They, they're growing all the time. 
But if y'all will rate and review and subscribe, that will keep us going. We, we love it when you just, you know, listen on the site and all that. Um, but if you download uh, through your phone, through your smart tablet, through your computer, and you get all this going, that helps us even more. So please continue to do that. Also, we've still got, a, what is it, Ryan, now a 30% deal? Is that the, the latest one we got up on the site? Yeah, 30% off an annual subscription, $1 for the first month. So obviously during a coaching search, can't beat a deal like that. And a great time to check out all the coverage that we have on uh, all of this stuff happening at the same time. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting. I, I didn't think about this. So I thought about it earlier today, um, but Rick Barnes, Tennessee's basketball coach, I believe is 24 years uh, older than his boss now. So that's that's not something you hear every day. That's that's interesting because I think you got Barnes there at uh, sixty six and uh, and Danny White's forty two. So and Tennessee got a lot younger at that position, going from seventy year old Philip Fulmer to uh, to a forty two year old Danny White. Yes, it did. Some new blood in the house. Ryan, uh, we talked about this a little bit in the first segment, but it's going to be the main the main topic, the main course here in the second segment. What does Danny White's hire mean for Tennessee's athlete or, or search for a new head football coach? And there are a lot of things that we don't know, but let's go over some things that we do know. Uh, let's start there because I think that's the important place to start. What do we know from people that we've spoken with? Uh, and I'll, I'll start. I, I can tell you this. Danny White uh, is a young guy, and he likes – he knows what football is right now. He likes coaches who have an offensive background. He likes innovators on offense. He likes people who put points on the board. He knows what the college game is right now, and he understands that, and I think that's going to be crucial. Uh, also, uh, I think there's something else that we know about Danny White from his past is he is not afraid to go against the grain, think outside the box, and make an unusual hire. Uh, he did that there with uh, Leopold there up at Buffalo. That was a guy who had uh, won five Division three national championships, I think, five or six of them. I think it was six, six. and then five out of five out of his yeah, last that's six what it years was. there. He went 15-0. and 0. Yeah, it yep. was at Wisconsin-Whitewater. But that was still a D3 coach, a non-scholarship coach, and, and you hire him at a place like Buffalo, which is FBS football, and you go, man, that's a, that's a big leap. Do you know? Do you really know what you're doing there? And it took a couple of years to build the thing, and now, boom, Buffalo is rolling. Uh, and I think it's because of the fight song that I wrote for them years ago, but that's another topic for another day. But mm-hmm. they have, I believe, finished in the top 25 this year in the polls and won two MAC East titles in the past three years. And, and so for that Buffalo program, that is a huge, huge deal. And so he's not afraid to, to go with the right guy he he goes with his gut there. He has uh, gone through in you know through sort of in house uh, promotions before. He did that with Nate Oates, who asked the SEC, asked college basketball what it thinks of Nate Oates these days. I think they'll tell you exactly what they think. How great of a hire that was uh, for Alabama. But before that, he had been promoted at Buffalo and did a great job there, taking them to some NCAA tournaments. That was a Danny White hire. Uh, he he has gone and made guys who were not head coaches before. Um, and this is easier to do at UCF than it is at Tennessee, granted. Um, but, you know, Scott Frost had never been a head coach. And he names him a head coach down there, and boom, they get the thing rolling. Uh, then he goes with Josh Heupel, who had never been a head coach, and, you know, they're doing all right. So, I, to me, what I do know, Ryan, and feel free, if you've heard different, just go ahead and say it. I think he wants a coach with an offensive background. I really do. And I've heard that from enough people now where I, I really do believe it. I think that's the case too. Uh, his obviously his resume, as you said, would point to that as well. Uh, he's hired, you know, pretty much offensive guys throughout his time. Uh, now, some of that may come from the fact that he's been at smaller schools where, where you have to do it a little bit differently sometimes and, and scoring a lot of points with a, 
uh, with either a different or innovative system can, can be the quickest way of turning around a program like a Buffalo or, or back when he took it over a UCF. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, uh, as you said, that's kind of where college football is trending. It's harder. It's a harder sell right now. And these things are cyclical. So I'm sure maybe it comes back to defense and, uh, it, and at some point. But right now, offense is the trend. Everybody's scoring a lot of points. Tennessee struggled in that area uh, the last couple of years. It makes a lot of sense to go with an offensive, uh, a guy with an offensive background. Um, the other possibility is, you know, you could, you could always still go the route of a, of a CEO coach who has a plan to bring in somebody really good uh, to, to innovate a little bit on the offensive side as offensive coordinator. But yeah, his, his history and what we've heard so far certainly suggests this is more likely to be an offensive hire. And, and that's, that's my guess. So I would say this is generally probably bad news for Kevin Steele and, and his hopes of maybe getting this job on a full-time basis. Uh, he's obviously acting as an interim coach right now during this transition. And there, there, I think there'd been some internal discussions, at least maybe some pretty serious ones about, him being a realistic possibility for this job. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that's, uh, you know, that's still maybe on the table, depending on what kind of interest there is out there. I think that's the, the big wild card in all of this is how many proven coaches and they want somebody with head coaching experience. I think uh, from the administration side, the, you know, the, the chancellor has made it clear. I think they want some experienced people and with these hires, and they've obviously done that with the AD hire already, but can they, can they get a lot of interest with this NCA cloud kind of hanging over the program right now? As long as they have some interest from some proven head coaches, I, I think this will more likely point to it being an outside hire, not not a promotion, not keeping Kevin Steele or, or anything like that. So I think this is probably bad news for Steele. And, and as you said, a sign they're likely to hire a guy with an offensive background. And, and I'll give you three reasons for that really quickly. One, look at the way college football is going right now. Mentioned that earlier. But if, if you are Tennessee right now and you want to compete – uh, you are going to have to put more points on the board. That That's number one. Everybody across the country can see that. Look at what these offensive innovators are doing, really at every level of football. You talk about you know Joe Brady going from a guy who w- was a passing game coordinator at LSU to, to an NFL offensive coordinator in one year. Uh, I mean, if you can put points on the board in this era, you are going to be in demand. So that's number one. Number two, historically, this isn't a foolproof rule, but if you look at it generally, historically, when you have a coach at a place who – is fired because they didn't have much success or, or they didn't have as much success as people wanted. Um, you look at it, and normally the guy coming in next is a completely different kind of guy. Tennessee is another is proof of this. Philip Fulmer, people said things had gotten stale. You hire Lane Kiffin. Uh, Lane Kiffin comes in, and things great, but then things kind of blow up, and there's a mess. And so what do you do? You go back to the SEC family. You get some stability, you think, and hire a guy like Derek Dooley. Um, then everything doesn't work out there. Then you go with a guy who had one more, a guy, Butch Jones, who, um, you know, really – say what you will about him, but he won games at the places he'd been before Tennessee and a guy who could get people excited again. They said Derek Dooley was too tough on his players, too publicly candid, and, and so bring in a sunshine pumper like Butch Jones. That doesn't work out because the, you know they, they got some some disorder. Uh, they, they're not playing consistently very good defense at times, not as much as people want. So what do you do? You go bring in a defensive guy, Jeremy Pruitt, and you bring a hard-nosed edge back to Tennessee football. Now, that hasn't worked, so what makes sense now Tennessee goes and gets an offensive guy. That that's that's that would be the second thing. And then the third thing, as we've already mentioned, is the history, the track record of Danny White going after offensive guys before. It's a different school now, but I think some of these things still apply. That's his track record. I think when you put all those things together, um, I, I and you combine it with the fact that Tennessee's roster being what it is right now, you're going to have to get. Um, 
a kind of a, an innovative or outside the box thinking coach on the offense to get more points on the board. To me, I just the, the whole thing to me screams offensive guy. It just does. It, it does, and I you know I, I still think you know the list of candidates who might be interested in this job is is probably not super super long when you when you look at proven uh fbs coaches you know i think i think certainly people like gus malzahn and tom herman are, are at least out there on the market but at the end of the day will they will they look at tennessee's situation uh e- even if they were at the top of the list will they look at tennessee's situation and say i need to take that job or will they be more likely to maybe sit out this offseason t- take some time and see what's out there next year uh, I, I i certainly could see them not not jumping at the chance because of what Tennessee's situation is right now. So unless uh, unless you know, Tennessee throws a lot of money out there, then maybe. Sure, and and, and maybe that's that's still a possibility. You know, I'm, I'm not ruling that out. You know, I, obviously there are a lot of Tennessee fans out there clamoring for a, a Lane Kiffin or a Hugh Freeze type hire. And and I, again, I still don't think Hugh Freeze is going to get this job. But uh, you know, Lane, Lane Kiffin, you know, you can't rule him out. There's at least a connection there. His brother, um, uh, or, or uh, I should say, Danny White's brother. Uh, was was Lane Kiffin's boss at, at, at Florida Atlantic, so there's at least a, a, a tie there. And Lane so Kiffin would a, listen in a split second uh, yeah, to Tennessee. I, I, I do think, I, and, and I don't mean any offense to the people I'll miss, but Lane Kiffin, um, all things equal, I think would rather be in Knoxville if he could. I think there's he feels like there's some unfinished business here, and I feel like he regrets leaving to be honest. And I think he that's I don't know that Tennessee would go that route, but without Fulmer there, maybe they would, and he would definitely listen. Uh, in terms of I, uh, in terms of uh, in, in, in terms of freeze, I still think looking at what that what the chancellor, I'm sorry, the president Randy Boyd said two days ago, uh, it's just hard for me to square the fact that they might be considering freeze with everything going on in his past. When you put that together with the quotes that Boyd gave, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I agree. I, and, and I've heard that Hugh Freeze has you know talked with some people about the fact that maybe his. Uh, the NCA violations at, at Ole Miss under his watch were not directly tied to him in any way, but I still just think, like you said, just having that, having that uh, history there just makes that a tough sell optically, especially when part of what you're doing with making a coaching change like this is not just showing that you're not, uh, not, not tolerating that type of thing, but you're trying to gain favor with the NCA and show that you're cleaning things up uh, and, and hoping for no further punishments beyond what, whatever you might self-impose. And so I don't think hiring Hugh Freeze would go with that message very well. So, so yeah, I, I don't see it being Hugh Freeze. I, I you know, Lane Kiffin, maybe I, I wouldn't rule it out. I, I wouldn't say he's one of the front runners for the job, but I, I think, like you said, there's some interest there at least. Uh, and, and it would maybe come down to just whether Tennessee wants to go back down that road with donors and people like that who were around and remember his, his tenure at Tennessee and how that, how that obviously ended after just one year. Uh, but I think this, this search may come down to someone like, Frankly, it, it, it may end up going back to people who have worked for Danny White in the past. It may it may be a, a guy like Lance Leopold at, at Buffalo uh, that he hired there. It may be jo- even Josh Heupel, I think, could be in play uh, to follow him from UCF. So I think someone like that would make a lot of sense. I think you'd have to say someone like Jamie Chadwell is still maybe on the radar at Coastal Carolina. Uh, he's maybe a little less proven than those other guys. Yeah, I, 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 don't, had one. I don't know that he's at the top of Tennessee's list right now yeah. if what I've heard is is true. I, and I think that's that's probably fair, but yeah, he, he's a guy with East Tennessee ties who would be very interested in the job. But he's he's got one breakout year at Coastal Carolina to sell, so maybe that's not uh, a guy that's right at the top of the top of the list right now. So I think all those guys are are, are, are maybe at least on the on the list at some somewhere. And then you know you, you look at some other guys across the country with offensive backgrounds; they'll probably at least 
uh, get some consideration. Does Tennessee have a top target right now? You know, I think it's too early to say uh, that this, this search in a way was probably already underway, you know, at least some feelers maybe put out before Danny White's hiring, but you're, you're kind of pressing the reset button once you hire an AD and, and this will be the big test. Does he get to make this hire with obviously input from key donors and things like that? Uh, does he get to make this hire is, is, you know, are Donde Plowman and, and Randy Boyd going to take a back seat and, and let him sort of make this choice? Will they still be heavily involved? All, all that's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. Uh, but I, I, if, if it's his, if it's Danny White's call though, and, and I think it mostly will be, I, I think you're going to yeah, see an offensive yeah, hire. Because why would he take the job here if he if yeah. he didn't get that sort of assurance? Exactly. I think he's been given the keys to to this search for the most part. And and you know again, there's always uh, there are always conversations with key donors that that come into play in these types of situations. And that's where Tennessee, frankly, has made some mistakes in the past. You know how, how do those how do those d- sometimes different factions among donors. Uh, play into a search and, and who gets their way and who doesn't all those things, but yeah, too many, uh, too many cook, too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. So I, I think at the end of the day though, it's going to come down to, to one of those types of coaches and it, and it could be someone who's worked with Danny white in the past. If, if, uh, if things go the way, the way I certainly could envision them going where maybe some, some big names are not interested, but you still have some good coaches elsewhere that are sitting head coaches who would take this job. I wonder, Ryan, if the amount of money that Tennessee has put into Danny White is sort of a, a message, and it could be it could be unconnected. You know, it could just mean that that's what they had to pay to bring in somebody who could stabilize this thing right now. And, and maybe that's maybe that's where their thinking is. I I, I don't know because you pay whatever it takes to get somebody. But does that does that show an indication? Because we heard. And, and and I talking to people who have talked to Randy Boyd especially, but also to Donnie Plowman, but but more so with Boyd. Uh, I've heard some people close to them say that they are willing. They've let this be known from the beginning. They are going to shell out money if they need to. They are not afraid to make that sort of financial commitment, which is not Tennessee's mo. It really is not. Tennessee does not spend on the front end. Tennessee typically hires for a lower rate, and then if you earn it, they'll pay you more. That's sort of Tennessee's track record with these sorts of things. Does this make you think? that maybe that's not the case this time? Maybe if they get the right candidate, they will shell out the money? That They they will. And, and I'll say this. I, I think fans maybe have a different perception of that from what the reality has been in some of these searches. You know, let's not forget, they've gone after Mike Gundy a couple times and just, and just missed, not because they didn't offer him enough money or anything, but he just didn't take the job. Uh, they, they made but very be, competitive maybe, offers. Maybe because he wanted money more money from Oklahoma state, which he's done yeah, multiple times. They, exactly. So I, I think they've gotten used uh, for some raises by some coaches in the past. You know, Charlie strong obviously came very close to taking the job at one point, decided not to. Uh, so there, there've been some, some strong offers to some more proven candidates before, but when you end up having to go down the list to your fifth, sixth, seventh or beyond choice, which Tennessee's done in a few of these searches lately, uh, obviously 2017 was a, was a whole, whole different circus. But uh, when you, when you get into those situations and you go down your board, you don't end up paying top dollar because you're not getting a big name coach in those cases. So I think the perception that Tennessee hasn't been willing to pay big is probably not fair, but I, I do think they there's been enough talk about this behind the scenes that I, I think Tennessee is willing to pay uh, a pretty good amount of money for the right coach. I, I, I get the sense that Plowman and Boyd are very serious about, uh, about trying to trying to change this and, and realizing they've got to get out of this cycle of, of hiring either, uh, unproven coaches or coaches who are not their first choice. Uh, I, I think even if it's someone who's not done it at the SEC level before or, or not even done it at the Power Five level before, I think they want to get someone who's very high on their wish list and, and get someone that they think is going to be good at, at Tennessee for, for years to come. So I, I don't think they're looking for a, 
you know, uh, uh, just a, a, a patchwork a shot. Yeah. A, a patchwork uh, option or a shot in the dark. You know, I think they want to, I think they, they know that any hire could work out. I think they want to make a hire that they feel like is likely to work out um, because you never know. But I think uh, you, you can make a, you can make a hire that gives you the impression there's a better chance than not that this is going to work out. I think they want to feel like they make that, that they're making that kind of hire. Whereas last time with Jeremy Pruitt, you saw the upside, but everybody knew with a first time head coach, there was always a chance it wasn't going to work out with Butch Jones, proven head coach at two different schools, but hadn't done it at a top level like that. So always a chance it's not going to work out. I think they want to get a feeling that they've got somebody who's going to be really good this time. Ryan, I want to clarify something. When you said, did you mean strong offer or like a will wage strong ass offer? Which one did you mean? Uh, you know, maybe a little bit of both, uh, you know, maybe for, uh, for Tennessee's sake. I mean, it's, re- maybe. it's, it's relevant to the news this week. I'm just curious. It is. It is. Yeah. You maybe don't want to go down the strong ass offer end of things, uh, because of that, uh, because of the baggage you're dealing with now at the NCAA, but yeah, the, uh, the definitely Mc, some, the, maybe the, a little bit of both. The McDonald's baggage. I can't, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> I can't listen. And I, I want to be clear about a couple things before we get out of here. I, I, I want to say that. You know, I know that one of our sponsors in the last podcast was McDonald's. <laughs> and I got to tell y'all, that was not planned that way. It really was not. We've got a block in there where it's sort of some of the rotating national ads that we go from different places, you know, to, to different episodes. <laughs> and we, That was absolutely not targeted. It was not planned. It was kind of hilarious if you can laugh about things funny. like that. Yeah. But but that was not. I wish I could take credit for us doing that. I can't. I, I'm I'm not going to do that. It was just sort we, of, we weren't we were not trolling anybody. And I also want to point out that um, that has been refuted by several people already. And I, I'll, I'll say this. I don't know if I should say this. No, I'll say this. What 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 the hell? One of the ten people, even one of the ten people who was fired by Tennessee, insisted to me that that story was BS. That was not the expression this person used. Um, they used the more, uh, uh, the, the more colloquial, I, I guess, the, uh, the more specific version of it. But, uh, th- and, and this is someone who was not denying that there are going to be some bad things in this report, but they were saying that particular part of it is BS. And, and so that, to me, I, I lend that a little more credence because uh, c- there are people who are not just denying but angrily denying that. But now it's out there. It's viral. And even yeah. the Rock on Campus is painted that way. Florida basketball is trolling them with you know after the game on Tuesday night. It's just sort of the world that we're in right now. They're going to have to deal with that. But I heard that part and, of it specifically was not true. And you saw even players and signees rolling their eyes at that that report that allegation saying you know people are just saying anything you know that that i i think yeah nothing i've heard so far backs up that claim uh i am not i'm not gonna argue that they're we're, we're probably gonna find out some things that, that might surprise people whenever the you know additional details of this are, oh it won't be are, pretty it won't be pretty yeah but uh, but i don't I, i've not heard the mcdonald's bag stuff and and even if it i mean it's just a detail anyway, but no, I, I don't think that's how it was uh, how it was happening, and, and nobody else, nobody has told me that that might be true so far. Well, the thing that really sold me on that not being true was the number of people who have called me specifically to say that allegation is not true, including one of the ten people who was fired. So, yeah. so let, let's be let's be candid about that. I, I think we need to be honest about that. And, and also, before we get out of here, we need to mention this too. Whoever comes to Tennessee. Um, and I, I think this probably you don't want to be 
sort of a slave to the moment. You, you have to think long term. You can't just think about the here and now. But the fact is, we saw with this, you know, the sense of urgency on the AD hire, they probably need a somewhat similar sense of urgency right now to make this football hire because four of your best players or five of them have gone to the portal. A couple of them have already um, announced the destination, a few of them now. I mean, it was sort of Black Wednesday there for a while. I mean, in 15 minutes you had four of Tennessee's, you know, most proven players go into the portal, including your both of your starting inside linebackers and Toe Toe and Crouch, uh, a, a good, solid, underrated offensive lineman and Jameer Johnson, and then, you know, Eric Gray, who, who's the focal point of your offense. And, and I'm not saying that – obviously, Wanya Morris has gone to Oklahoma. Ty Chandler's gone to North Carolina. You know, uh, Brandon Johnson uh, has gone to Central Florida, ironically enough. So, so there are some some guys that are not coming back. And I think the guys who just went into the portal, they're probably not coming back. But but there are other guys who might go into the portal, and you might be able to prevent that. And who knows, if you hire a coach quickly enough and you get the right message to some of those guys who declared yesterday, maybe you can talk one of them back. I mean, I'm not going to rule that out. Yeah, I, I would not. I will say I, I know Tennessee fans, some we've seen on, on our message board, on, on the checkerboard, are are hoping that's the case if a quick hire is made. I would not. Uh, I would not go in with a lot of hope that any of those four guys. I would neither. I would neither. But I, I think you need to hurry because there are a lot of other guys who are strongly yeah. considering going into the portal. Yeah, and, and we'll. And I think we'll get some additional clarity on that. You know, by you know maybe at least by early next week or the middle of next week, uh, based on uh, what, whether you know what, whether we see anybody else into the portal. Because remember, entering the portal doesn't mean you're definitely leaving. And you know, in these four cases, it may mean those guys are likely leaving, but. If some others decide to enter the portal, they can always come back uh, after exploring their options. Yeah, so Austin, some I mean, still Pope's might. done that. A couple of the other guys have done that. Yeah, so uh, so it, it still might happen with some others. I think some are still waffling on whether to do it or not. Uh, some are, are thinking they might wait till after spring practice to see how things go with the new staff, how they like the new coach, all that. So uh, so you could have some guys enter the portal with with kind of that in mind, uh, at least looking around, but maybe just kind of dipping their toes in to see how it is instead of planning to leave. So. So yeah, obviously that what happened this week, bad news for Tennessee. There's no way to sugarcoat those losses. In some cases, those are, those are big losses. Uh, I mean, you can certainly argue Eric Gray, Tennessee's best offensive player uh, returning or, or should have been. And, and Henry Toto, obviously they're, I would say their best defensive player. So you, you maybe lose your best player on both sides of the ball. You lose at least a former top prospect in, in Kavaris Crouch, even though he had not, I would, I wouldn't say he'd lived up to it to this point, but still a guy that had some, had mm-hmm. some upside and could have been a better player in the next couple of years. And then maybe the most damaging in some ways uh, is the guy that's the least heralded of those four, Jameer Johnson. I've, been, try- been, I've been trying to tell people that exact thing that he is, yeah. he, that is such a bigger loss than people think it is, especially with Wanya Morris gone. Absolutely. He might've been your starting left tackle. You know, you've got other options there. Cade Mays can play left tackle. I think, uh, you, you know, you've got a, a freshman that just got on campus and William Parker, that's going to give you some depth there. Uh, but it's it's not as ideal of a situation as it was before where Jameer Johnson gave you an experienced guy that could come back. You know, he, he was going to be a six year senior that would have given you a pretty nice uh, fit there to to replace or, or make up for the loss of one Morris. He was already starting over Morris at the end of the season. So uh, you would have felt pretty good there. Now, if he doesn't come back, that's a pretty big loss. So, yeah, all, all four of those hurt. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, you can. If, if Tyon Evans lives up to the to the hype at running back, you've at least got a talented option there that can step in and make up for Gray's loss. Yep. Uh, 
Toto did not have a tremendously good sophomore year at times, I thought. I thought he maybe took a step back in some ways uh, from his freshman year at times, but he's yeah, still really I think, talented. I think a lot of the team did, too, if we're being honest. Yeah, yeah. So, But but at the same time, it's still a loss. But, you know, he, he was up and down, and, and linebacker is one of those positions where you can – um, you, you can get by with uh, taking a step back sometimes. So even if they aren't able to replace him with someone of a similar talent or, or t- have to use someone in experience there next year, I think you can get by at that position and it not necessarily take down your overall level of play on defense substantially. So I think you can absorb those losses maybe a little better than people are thinking. But yeah, the, the loss of Jameer Johnson, I think definitely hurts. Uh, and obviously Crouch, you, you just hate to lose former top prospects like that who obviously have talent and who could have gotten even better the next couple of years, because that was what was going to give Tennessee some optimism of turning things around quickly. And now you've got a little bit less of that, especially when you throw in Wanye Morris and uh, Ty Chandler, everybody else who's left the last uh, few weeks. It's, it's been a tough month for Tennessee on that front. Well, you're not just losing top end guys. You're also, you know, you're having to have, you know, guys who would be third team are now second team guys who might be second team are now starters. And you're, you're, you're causing kind of a crater there depth wise. And that is something that has hurt Tennessee so many times in the past decade, because they've always been sort of rebuilding. They've not had a, an established sort of coach in there with his guys. And they just, they've not had the depth a lot of times to compete over the course of 60 minutes. That's been an issue for Tennessee at times. And I don't know how it's not going to be an issue next season because well, well, now I, just, I will say, Oh, go ahead. No, uh, no, no, Numbers-wise, no, numbers though, if there was a year for this to, to happen, this year might be better for it because of what's happening with the 85 scholarship limit. You, you're, you're not going to see a Tennessee team with 50-something scholarship players next year the way they had at the end of the uh, – what was that, the, the year from Kiffin to Dooley. I think they were down in the upper 50s at one point. Yeah. Uh, you're not, you're not going to see anything quite like that, I don't think, and it's because you're essentially going to have – instead of the, normally you'd have five classes of players counting 50 year seniors on the roster this year, you're going to have six classes of players because you're going to have some players returning who are six year seniors, essentially in a few cases. Uh, and then you'll have, you know, two classes of freshmen, you know, all, all this free year of eligibility basically has given everybody a lot more options. Uh, the, the returning 2020 seniors, we're not going to count toward or are not going to count toward the 85 scholarship limit. So Tennessee was probably going to be over the 85 limit anyway. Now you're maybe back down into the 85 discussion so you're you're still going to be somewhere around i think a healthy number of scholarship players and for all we know tennessee may lose some scholarships as a result of the ncaa sanctions anyway oh, yeah. so this may make oh, it yeah. this might be- might make it easier for tennessee to absorb those uh those losses whatever sanctions might come uh it might kind of fit well into whatever attrition they're dealing with right now anyway and i'll be honest the the they're i would be shocked if they don't lose some scholarships through this i mean yeah. i think that might be the best case scenario you know, uh, with what they're facing. So there's a lot to digest there. Obviously, there's a coaching search going on, and now we will shift our focus to that uh, on the site. But uh, right now, good news for Tennessee. Thursday was not a bad day. There's been a lot of bad days, and, and you know, the Lady Vols might take a whooping from uh, from UConn tonight. But, uh, you know, th- this has been at least uh, in, in, a, in a desert of bad news. This has been a, a little oasis of some good news. So there's something to uh, not be angry about right now. Ryan, you got anything else? Absolutely. No, that's that's about it. Should be a, should be an interesting hire. I, I I guess we should discuss this really quickly. Do you think how quickly do you expect to hire now? People want to know that with how quickly the AD search moved. Do you think there's a sense of urgency to get this done by, say, the end of next week at least before National yes. Sign Day, or do you think there's really no timeline? I don't know that there's a firm timeline, but I think if they're Tennessee, you absolutely want it to be done by the end of next week. We'll obviously update that when we continue to hear more, but I think they want to move um, pretty quickly on this if they can. 
I, I think it's I think it's typical to have a hire done within a week to ten days in most of these situations. You know, when, when there's any sort of urgency at all, uh, I, I think that's a reasonable time frame. So yeah, I, I don't know that they rush. I, I certainly would not expect another three or four day search like we saw with the AD search. But yeah, I think sometime next week is a is a reasonable goal, and you could see somebody hired. Uh, yeah, certainly by the end of next week or next weekend. Uh, and if that changes, we'll be back on this feed to tell you about that, obviously. So mm-hmm. lots of stuff going on. And I know it's been a long week for all of us. My voice is shot already. It's been shot for a couple of days. But uh, thanks for the time, Ryan. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thanks, Wes. And you know what? Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. We always do. I mentioned that, and uh, I mean it. I don't just say that. I actually mean it. I really, really, really mean it. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash goballs 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash goballs 24-7, which we update throughout the day, just about every hour, all day, every day. Tons of stuff on there. But you know where you can get even more? If you want that, just that most delicious East Tennessee, Smoky Mountain, just spring water, just right from the tap, right from the tap, Ronnie Millsap style. Go get that at GoBalls247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, all things Lady Vols, where Maria Cornelius does a great job covering all things Lady Vols for us. Also, Tennessee baseball. Also, obviously, Tennessee administration news. All kinds of stuff on there all the time. GoVols247.com. And right now you can get 30% off of an annual subscription. Uh, Right now, really good deal. Go check that out. And if you already pay us full price, which is still less than one freaking mediocre lunch per month, to put that in perspective, less than one mediocre average lunch per month. We'll get you all the news you want from GoVols247. Plus, if you already pay us the full price, you get access to CBS All Access, which is CBS's streaming platform. Everything in the CBS catalog, every show CBS has ever done commercial-free going back decades, new movies every single month, live television also, uh, live sports with uh, SEC football, so obviously Tennessee football, NFL football, Tennessee basketball, NCAA tournament, March Madness, uh, UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, World Series of Poker stuff, just all kinds of stuff, plus things from the catalog of Smithsonian and from MTV and from BET, Comedy Central, and Nickelodeon. All of that, that's a $100 plus annual value that we will put in your pocket for free. It is one of the best deals on the internet. You really should take advantage of it. Uh, and if you do that and you're on the site, you can go to uh, the checkerboard there to talk to us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's why we've got that name. Uh, if there's no big breaking news, you should hear from us by Monday at the latest. Um, not sure we'll have breaking news before that, but if we do, we will be right here on this feed to bring it to you. So until then, wash your freaking hands, wear your freaking masks, be freaking nice to each other, and uh, come on, we can get through this. Let's uh, let's stop fighting each other. Let's let's be cool. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.